Welcome to the Scuffed Podcast. I'm Adam Bells in Minneapolis. With me is Greg Velasquez in Des Moines. We talk about U.S. men's soccer. Mexico defeated the United States men's national team 3-0 on Friday in a match that absolutely reflected the scoreline. We're here late at night to try to glean something from it. Greg, how are you? Bells, I'm terrible. That was uh, a really just horrific experience. It was pretty rough, man. It was rough. You know, you, you wait so long for these games to happen, and then you sit down on a Friday night watch a game like that it It was it was bad man like it was uh it 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 like sucked the soul out of your being yeah certainly made me question my avocation you know (laughs) but only momentarily only momentarily i mean this is uh yeah i mean this is this is where we are can I say this? It, it in no way makes me like excited to gear up for the Uruguay game, right? Like I'm not, I'm not now like, oh, this is going to be, that was, that was, we saw some steps in the right direction. Now let's see what we can do for the Uruguay game. Like it was, there was no, I don't think there was any silver lining. Uh, maybe that's, maybe that's a little harsh, but uh, the, yeah. the silver linings were real, real slim. Tarnished, some tarnished silver linings. For sure. Yeah, I, I try to think of like what's what would be exciting about this Uruguay game. Um, do you want me to tell do you want me to tell you the thing that was exciting? Because I, I think I think it was the one thing. Uh it it was Sebastian Legette's cameo. I feel like that is the one thing where you can say that was good. Sebastian Legette had had very little like uh, opportunity to do anything and he did good. Yeah. Yeah, he did. Played that ball obviously played that ball into Jordan Morris to win the penalty. Yeah, no, I agree. I I think he, uh, you know, he's been, like you said, I think you said this last week, he's been good for the U.S. um, in his limited time, and it's good to see, it'll be good to see more of that. Definitely. But yeah, that's the the rub on that, though, is because even that comes with the caveat of uh, it highlights one of the huge weaknesses that I think we are uh, suffering through right now, which is Greg Berhalter player selections. Like yeah. it's it's long enough now. Like we're we're almost twenty five percent of the way through a World Cup. I mean, we're almost fifty percent through a World Cup cycle. Berhalter's had roughly twenty five percent of a World Cup cycle. Uh, like we have to stop. Kind of we have to take the kid gloves off of him eventually. Um, he's had the whole Gold Cup to play, and he continues to sort of make not even just baffling decisions for player selection, but like just transparently obvious, wrong. Yes, just like obviously frustrating and incorrect player selections. Yeah, that 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 prove out on the field. Like these, there's no hindsight involved here. This this has been this has been 2020 foresight uh, since January. Yeah, I saw I saw Rob Usri, uh, you know the the uh, the Dirty South soccer guy, who is who is like he's fantastic. Follow follow yeah, him on Twitter yeah, if you don't. You should you should follow him because he's kind of like he's kind of like the conscience of the fandom in a, in a weird way or something. I don't know. I'm, 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 it's very late at night. We're going far afield here, but I, I think, I feel like he, he's a good barometer for me, at least. I like to just check to see what he's saying. And did you, did you see what his tweet was? Uh, he quote tweeted the roster 
No, I, 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 I was, I was trying to play catch up after, after putting small children to bed. So yeah. I have, I'm not as caught up on, I'm a little caught up, but I haven't, I haven't been able to scan well, everything. W- well, when the roster came out earlier this evening, he, his tweet was simply trash, just trash, <laughs> <laughs> which, you know, like a little bit of an overstatement, but that's, I think it sums up the feeling about, uh, trap and Zardis continuing, continuing their reign under Burhalter. And they they both seem like nice guys. I say that every time, but uh, they continue to get to just Hoover up valuable minutes. Twelve months away from World Cup qualifying. Uh, Jazzy's artist now. Since you, since you said that uh, in the Greg Berhalter era, which is now thirteen games in, Jazzy's artist has played sixty six percent of the minutes uh, available to a striker. Um, and if you take away the Josie Altidore minutes, so the not if, if we can all assume that. At the moment, Josie Altidore is still the first string. Uh, and if we're trying to figure out who the next best striker is, uh, if you take Josie, Josie's minutes out of the equation, Zardes has played 83% uh, of the minutes where Josie was not available. Sargent has 13%. Ramirez has 2%. Jordan, or, uh, yeah, Jordan Morris came in and played a few minutes in a game for 1%. Like, there, there, was, no, there was no competition for the backup. Uh, striker Jazzy Zardes has been installed as the striker since Berhalter took over. Um, again, baffling and and obviously wrong. Like he's obviously the wrong guy to be doing this with. Yeah, and to be I mean to be clear, I, I don't think Zardes was the problem tonight, right? And you, you you even I mean maybe you'll disagree, but you you even said last week you'd be open to him him being the striker in this game if the if we were going to play the ball long and try to buy, bypass the midfield we didn't do that uh Zardes didn't touch the ball he he touched the ball i think four times in the first half yeah i mean you saw i did see the Zardes touch chart posted uh by people who i think were poking a little bit of fun at poor Giazzi but i would totally agree with that and and in fact i'm not even going to blame Will Trap i think those guys are clearly the wrong choices and the fact that Zard that Berhalter is sticking with them uh, is a is a glaring issue, um, but tonight the selections weren't the issue. I don't think there's a single player we could have put in that would have solved uh, the issues we saw tonight. And I, I feel like I'm kind of a dissenting voice on this. A lot of people were saying uh, the players were poor, the execution was poor, and they were. But I am very much going to take a different a different angle on that. Okay, I look forward to that. <laughs> why, that's some I, suspense that's some seriously. foreshadowing no i get I, that's why you get the big bucks man um okay let's start with the I'm roster. just waiting for you to give me a a, a lead in a on lead it in. well let's let's kind of take this in a somewhat methodical uh way right. stay tuned everyone <laughs> i'm gonna rant the the warning signs were there when the rosters came out as we mentioned uh will trap and jazzy's artists started the game that was of course disappointing to most u.s men's national team fans even more disappointing, I think, at least for me, was that John Brooks, we learned, is out with a groin injury. So Berhalter replaced him with Walker Zimmerman, not a center back that I rate on a level with Brooks or even on a level with Aaron Long. Can I, can I just say real quick on the John Brooks omission? Uh, I think it speaks to how how uh, how low everyone's sort of opinion of Berhalter's selections are that when Brooks was not included in the lineup – People didn't readily assume that he was injured. It's John Brooks we're talking about, and right. people actually were like, "Oh, Burhalter left Brooks out of the line because it 
when you when you include guys like Zardes and Trap, everything else becomes suspect. So you don't just say, oh, well, there must have been an injury. Even when with a guy as injury prone as John Brooks, it's just like for real, he's starting Zimmerman and Long over John Brooks because that's how that's how like low the expectations are for Greg Berhalter's, Berhalter's selections at this point. Yeah, I mean, there's some truth to that. There's also, uh, you know, certainly U.S. men's national team Twitter could be accused of being reactionary. That that is also a factor in people assuming that. But do you, I mean, do you really think it's fair to assume he would have? Oh, he would have started. He would have for sure started. It's, and, and I think that was even like uh, came out on the broadcast uh, if he were healthy. But again, it just goes to that 20 minutes before we learned that he'd suffered the uh, groin tightness or whatever he had, uh, where you could realistically wonder if Berhalter was just choosing a, an inferior option because Berhalter has a history of choosing inferior options. Yeah, Berhalter, gone Berhalter. Uh, and and let me, I'm just going to real quick go to bat for uh, U.S. men's national team Twitter being reactionary because uh, because you see it every time. It's like, oh, my God, just relax. It's one friendly. But at this point, again, we're 13 games in. We have mm-hmm. we have like very few <laughs> good performances. Uh, and I think Burhalter's comments even after the game is like we're making progress. Like, are we we're, like where where's the progress? You've got to show us. Some, you can't just keep saying, oh, it's just one game. It's a friendly. You're, you're not going to solve everything at once. We've had 13 games. We had an entire summer tournament where you had the full team available. Like, you got you to gotta start giving us something here, buddy. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. No doubt. So the rest of the lineup was uh, Pulisic on the left wing, Boyd on the right wing, Weston McKenney, and Alfredo Morales uh, ahead of Trap, ostensibly in the midfield. And then uh, Serginho Dest at left back, Reggie Cannon at right back, Long and Zimmerman at center back, and Zach Steffen in goal. Mexico ran out a lineup with without uh, Raul Jimenez, Chucky Lozano, Rodolfo Pizarro, who had appendicitis last night. Hope he's doing okay. Um, uh, Jonah Dos Santos, Edson Alvarez, Miguel Ayun, and Chaka Rodriguez. They were all not in the starting 11. Um so this wasn't a B team exactly, but it definitely wasn't a first choice team either. It was uh, Chicharito up top with Tecatito and uh, Roberto Alvarado on the wings, and then um, Rodriguez, Guardado, and Herrera in the midfield, and then Sanchez and Gallardo at the fullback positions, uh, Hector Moreno and Diego Reyes at center back, and then uh, Orozco at goalkeeper so there are the lineups i thought i think it's a pretty it's a still a very strong mexico team and in, in my opinion to the yes, game mexico have 22 players that are strong so they can rotate ahead of their friendly against argentina that's coming up and save their top lineup for that game and still put up a lineup that uh i would say outclasses the united states even even if we had more of a full complement of players even without the sort of Trap Zardes caveat. Yeah, and we and you know we. I guess if you listen to our podcast, you know that we were not surprised that we lost this game. I think we were very clear last week. We're the underdogs going into this. Mexico's a better national team than us. Mexico's B team is a better national team than our A team. I think on most days, but we were. We what were we looking for? What were we hoping for? If not a win. What were you hoping for? 
Uh, I was hoping, I mean, when, when you get a game against Mexico against, uh, I'm going to call them a peer, uh, the, the past two results, notwithstanding, uh, then I'm looking for, can you actually optimize your soccer? Can you play optimally? Um, can you respond to what, what's happening on the field and, uh, recognize how they're playing and adapt to it when we, when you're playing a minnow, like I don't really want to adapt to what the, what the weak CONCACAF team is doing. Like I want to impose what we want to do no matter what. Right. Um, but we're playing Mexico here. And, and again, this doesn't mean like surrender, uh, whatever. It just means w- like if you were to take a still shot of a soccer situation from above the field an all 22 picture, like where's the ball? What's, where's how, what's Mexico's shape? Can we recognize as a correct soccer play and make it? And that's what I want to see us make progress towards. Yeah. You kind of just like give what they, uh, take what they give you and, uh, scratch where it itches as Hayden Fry would say. Your favorite football coach. <laughs> I made so for any for any I don't know how many college footballs overlap we have here. Uh, I live in Iowa. There were a lot of Kirk Ferentz uh, comparisons tonight watching this U.S. soccer team play. <laughs> um, okay, so so do you want to say anything about like how the two teams came out or anything like that? I I know I've. Do you want to just jump into what you were going to say? You, you want to give you- me my. Here's your okay. lead in. Here's your lead in, Greg. There's my Go lead in. So I, I did see a lot of a lot of people sort of just saying, uh, our guys just don't look good enough, too many back passes. Uh we can't execute to play out of the back. And I wanna I wanna basically take this opportunity to eliminate any blame from the players and essentially hang the entire uh blame for this the way this game played out on Greg Berhalter. Um I think hmm. I, in in my opinion, like watching it play out, it was clear the guys had been told uh, that you cannot like hit a ball long. Like the first thirty minutes, I don't think we played a ball longer than thirty yards. Um, and then and then you kind of work that in with some of Burhalter's comments about the Gold Cup final, and I think it's consistent with that as well. Where uh, I think he was saying like at times we panicked and hit long balls, and it was almost like Burhalter gave them like a. Uh, a command to find a solution with a short pass. Um, yeah, it was a dogmatic commitment to. Yeah, like you'd, you'd see you'd see us playing, like trying to find our way out, trying to find find our way out, and even when we like couldn't find a ball on the floor, the the longest pass you'd see would be like that feathered, like textured, uh, 25, 30 yard clipped ball where they weren't trying to break a line; they were just trying to get it over like one defender to the next guy. Uh, we never hit a ball up to Giazzi Zardes. And that's why Giazzi Zardes's touch map in the first half was four touches. And they were all like within, I mean, none of them were even past midfield. I think two uh, of them were clearances. Yeah. Okay. In so the there goal, you go. In the, in the box. So, uh, that, that's insane to me. Uh, and what I'm going to, what I'm going to kind of call it is, um, is that Mexico were cheating the drill. And I think they did this in the gold cup final too. Uh, if you've ever coached soccer, Sometimes you'll you'll set up an activity where you give your focus group like an objective they have to complete within the game. So it's like, okay, before you can score, you have to connect the ball to this from one side. You have to move the ball from one sideline to the other, and then you can try to score. Right. Something dumb like that. Yeah. Well, what happens is like the other team starts to figure out what the what what the restriction is and they'll start defending like unnaturally to prevent it. So they, they sort of stop playing the game the way it would normally be played. And, and they overcommit to stop the, the, uh, 
your your pre-scoring objective. And that's what that's what this game looked like, and that's what the Gold Cup final looked like. Mexico seemed to know, Tata seemed to guess or calculate that Ber, Berhalter was going to insist on finding passes out of the back. And so he completely overcommitted. The reason everyone looked terrible is because Mexico denied took away any possible pass. You had to go backwards. There was, there weren't any windows. There weren't any openings to play out of our back third. We, you would have had to have skipped them, gone up to the front line, and then played in the open space, and we refused to do it. We categorically refused to do that. And there isn't a, there wouldn't have been a personnel solution. Tyler Adams for Will Trapp wouldn't have solved that. Uh, John Brooks for uh, Walker Zimmerman wouldn't have solved that. The only thing that solves that is giving the guys the freedom to play a more natural game against a defense that was playing unnaturally. You, so you don't think? I mean, I I'm inclined to agree with you, but but just to check, you don't think there was like some lack of sharpness in the way the midfield rotated, like the way the way people were moving off the ball to try to find space, and and yeah, so you don't think that was the case. Like I'll I'll rewatch the game and maybe and maybe we weren't exactly where we needed to be at the exact moment we needed to be there, but I, I honestly think it boils down to mathematics and Mexico overloaded uh, our defensive third with defenders. Um, yeah, and 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 like I'll just kind of I did a whole thread on it before before the game because it was the same thing in the Gold Cup final. Very, they were very prescient looking. They were red at this point. Yeah, they were they were reckless about it. Like they were completely willing to give up the back line. Uh, and when we went over them in the Gold Cup final, we actually had success. We carved out chances. Um, and we got into their we got into their third into their attacking area. Uh, the same thing happened in this game. I think in the 52nd minute was the first time I saw us actually like play a ball up. Uh, and I, I I'm pretty sure it was like flicked on to Zardes and suddenly we had uh, open space to run into. Like it wasn't, it, this, this shouldn't have been a mystery. Uh, and I saw a lot of people saying, well, you know, you got to just stick to it and play it. If you, if you can't do it against Mexico, you can't do it. But it's at some point, like you have to keep the other team honest. And if Mexico aren't going to play, play it honest, like you have to beat them the way that they're forcing you to beat them. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, but people... I'm sure we'll get to it. Can I, can I just skip to the second goal? Sure, please. The second, the, the second, second goal, goal was the, the perfect example. Yeah, exact example. And it's, you know, we were, we we were forcing a bunch of passes short in our own box, and eventually Stefan like turns it over, trying to hit an eight yard, uh, like touch pass to Morales, who's under pressure, and it gets nicked, and they and they capitalize almost instantly. Um, and they they show the replay, uh, from behind the goal, which is a great angle. I'm sure I will be cutting this out and posting it from behind the goal. They show the replay, uh. And you can see that we actually have 4v4 at the midfield line. So, I mean, 4v4 are amazing numbers to spring an attack, even in a tight space, to get that with 65 yards of space to play into. Yeah. So on the broadcast, Stu Holden is saying, sometimes you just have to hit it long. And this isn't like a, this shouldn't have been like a desperation clearance. This should have been a very intentional like recognition of the number situation at midfield. And you play that ball out to your four v four, like you you dream about a team giving you that kind of uh, numerical advantage. So it's again, it's like we we were stubborn to the point of putting guys in in a position where they could not succeed. Yeah. 
Well, it, it it is true in the second half we did start to do a little more hitting it long towards Jazzy or, you know, whoever whoever was up there. Josh Sargent, I guess, although he barely touched the ball. And it and you I'm I'm watching out of the corner of my eye in the middle of the second half here and it's it's, it, we're getting we're getting a little bit of traction, you know. I mean, our, our lack of quality up front s- continues to be an issue, but but we're getting when we do that, we're getting we're, we're getting something out of it, something besides like passing it to a, a guy with a black jersey on 20, 20 yards from goal. Yeah, just we just ran into goal, cul-de-sacs. Any time we weren't doing that, we were running into dead ends and cul-de-sacs that were not necessarily because of poor movement off the ball or poor timing. Like it, it was just math. Like it was just seven Mexico players on top of us. Uh, of course, that's going to happen. You're, they've got everyone covered in the short in the short passing ranges. It has to go uh, to guys in more space. Well, I feel- insane to me. It, the only the only way you can say this is like a, a a good outcome or a good process is if you're saying we we're just using this game as a as an intense rondo the way you do in a training session where you <laughs> you play you play down a man in a tiny space and say you you just solve it like you just have to figure out uh, to connect but but then it, again it would be more about can you con- can you connect twelve passes uh, because we we weren't allowed to actually play out of the out of the danger right. I was frustrated, man, because it was it seemed like such an easy thing to recognize from the Gold Cup final, and then to double down on it the way we did, uh, it was the result was so predictable. Yeah, so I guess so. I guess we're we're right into the whole meta the meta critique here. Like, is is there an argument to be made? Well, so Berhalter after the game, he said he was happier with this performance than he was with the Gold Cup final because we consistently tried to play out of the back whereas it, it, during the gold cup final we didn't we know we were, we were hoofing it long and um is there like in the abstract is there some is there some validity to that like we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna stick with our principles uh even when it's even when it loses us friendly three to zero um and, uh, come hell or high water because we have to change you know berhalter talks about changing the perception of the way american soccer is played and uh, you know, playing in a playing in a different way, disorganizing the opponent, all the buzzwords. So, so the only the only again the only way this works is if Burhalter was totally willing to just be like, listen, guys, we are going to. I mean, we're going to lose. We're not going to connect any. We're not going to be able to create anything. Uh, so again, the objective just has to be a different objective than creating even creating chances. We weren't creating chances with our play out of the back. So the objective literally just has to be. Can you connect a pass to the next guy's feet? It doesn't have to progress. It doesn't have to like advance our tactical situation. Uh, but that's a, for me. That's a terrible benchmark. Um, and, and so then again, that can't have been the objective. It would. It would. It would only be the case that he could say. So then, the next time we play them in a qualifier, we'll flip a switch and say, "Okay, now you can do this, and you can hit this ball long when they overcommit to our to our back third." Uh, but I, again, I just don't believe that any team would ever actually do that and swing the like intentionally swing the pendulum, fight southpaw for three rounds, and then come out and go, okay, now we'll take the handcuffs off and you can play however you want. And the players were clearly frustrated. Yeah, yeah, they looked so, frustrated. So if there if there was this secret objective that they were actually playing that wasn't related to winning the game, they it did. sure didn't come across in their body language. No, it didn't. It didn't at all. And now, and Berhalter, are, I think he argued. With, I saw that he argued with a reporter on the um, 
in the press conference after the game who said they were overrun in the first half and he was taking issue with that characterization. This is a tweet from Sebastian Salazar, very, very reputable uh, TV journalist. And um, I just, you know, just to sort of explore that a little bit, let's talk about the first 20 minutes of the game before we get to the other two goals, which we haven't mentioned. Um, uh, I would say the first five minutes, it was clear that we were going to struggle. We established a bit of a pattern where Trap, you know, wasn't able to turn into the teeth of the Mexican press. I watching the game the first the first time, I blamed him. Uh, I blamed him kind of as I was watching. I don't having watched the first twenty minutes again. I don't blame him as much. He actually did make. He actually did do a couple of nice things in the first twenty minutes, um, and but he would pass it back to the center backs who had fewer options than he did. And then they'd pass it back to Zach Steffen, who, who, who did, I think, object, objectively have a bad game distributing the ball. I mean, even when there was somebody open, he would miss them. And, uh, and then we weren't, we weren't clean enough in a couple of key instances where, where we could have, we could have played out of it, but, you know, Boyd had a couple bad touches. I think McKinney had a couple bad touches, and I know I'm like I'm much more mystical about this kind of stuff. Where I think like if you may, if you do a few nice things in a row, it sets a nice you know puts rhythm. You a nice you rhythm. I, I wouldn't disagree with that. I know yeah. I know I'm not always the momentum kind of a guy, but yeah, you, uh, getting into a rhythm I think is a real thing in a soccer game for yep. a player and a team. I'll yep. I'll give you that, Bells. Okay, thanks. And I and I think uh, we had a, a few chances to establish momentum that that we didn't, and and then. And then you know, obviously, we we never really got it. Um, there was. I'll, I'll even just go so far as to say, did, didn't it feel like Pulisic and Dest were creating a little bit of momentum? Yes, yeah. So there was a there was a passage of play around the ten minute mark, where uh, where we did play out of the back. It, it started with a, a terrifying moment. <laughs> uh, Stefan passed it sort of between Zimmerman and Trap, and Trap thought Zimmerman was going to get to it, and Zimmerman thought Trap was, and we almost turned the ball over at the top of our own box. But Trap did kind of come out with it, and he he played a square ball, a, a somewhat clever square ball to uh, Alfredo Morales in space, and Morales turned. And yes, tra- yeah. Do you remember Good. this one? Yes, yep. Tried that, to hit. That brought tried- to mind because I was like, oh, nicely done, Trap. Yeah, tried to young William. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. Go on. I'll let you finish. Moral, yeah, um, Morales tried to hit a piercing ball right up the middle at I think Zardis. Yeah, it was at Zardis, and it was cut out, but it fell to McKinney. McKinney picked it up and played a nice combination with Pulisic in the middle, and then Pulisic tried to play Destin behind, and that was on. That was on. Dest was on in behind goal. If Pulisic could have like lifted it over the defender a little bit, but that was cut out as well. And then fell to, fell to Morales, and Morales circulated it to Trap, to Cannon on the diagonal. Cannon heads it back to Boyd. Boyd played it back to Trap, to Dest, who combined with Pulisic down the left wing. Pulisic cut in, and his cross was cut out, and it went back to Trap eventually, who played it to McKenney, kind of uh, surging up the middle. McKenney sprayed it to Dest on the wing who then slides it inside to McKenney, who takes a speculative shot from distance. And it was, that was like a two minute, uh, I hope that wasn't boring, but it was like a two. It was a <laughs> no, two, it got the point across. Like yeah. we actually did things with the soccer ball. Yeah. It, for like two minutes. And it started with one 
play out of the back, you know, and then we kind of kept it in Mexico's half for that two minutes. And I would say it was easily our best passage of play in the, in the entire game. And probably what Berhalter is thinking of when he's arguing that we weren't overrun in the first half. And then, and then of course, a couple of minutes later, Des took that, that, uh, exciting shot on frame from about 20 yards after some, some competent work from Trapp and Morales to get it upfield to him. And then from, you know, the next 10 minutes, we're kind of back and forth, uh, I guess you could say Mex- kind of Mexico had it in our uh, defensive third most of that time. Hey, Bells, let, let me let me just jump in because yeah, please do. Uh, please do. When, you, when you talk about that nice two minutes of play, I think it again just goes to show you once we actually made the field big, like once we actually did get the ball up high up field, uh, even if it took a little bit of luck from a Zardes uh, or a misconnection to Zardes that McKenney gets on like that's that's that whole concept of get the win the second ball in midfield beyond that Mexico press uh, or line of confrontation. Yeah. Once we get the whole field big, then we did look very competent, not necessarily very competent. But we looked fine. Yeah, very moving competent it around is the too generous. Field. Is too generous, but we but, but, I, we, but we, I take we, your we point. Could, yeah, we could move it around the full 80-yard field like and and not look completely out of sorts, but it was just it's just when we penned ourselves by choice into the into our back 35 or 40 yards and Mexico brought six or seven guys into that 30 or 40 yard space uh that we that we had no chance. I mean you just can't force yourself to play in that tight of a space. Yeah. I'm not sure I 100% disagree I'm not sure I 100% agree that like no player could have done it. I don't I don't think Tyler Adams could have done it, but like a uh Jonah Dos Santos might have been able to do it. You know, might have been able to turn in space and find somebody's feet because the the press was so aggressive. If you have a midfielder who can who can do something creative and is also secure on the ball, you can. You know, there were there were instances where we did play through it. Not very often, but it did happen. You know. Yeah, I'll give you that. Right. Here, here's so, my so, response. So, so well, well, let me just further the question: Is it because just just simply because our personnel is not good enough? Maybe <laughs> like I, I still don't want to commit to that. And the reason I don't want to is because of Weston McKenney. Um, and I think that one of Weston McKenney's strengths that he's been able to show with Schalke, uh, even when they were a garbage outfit last year, maybe they're a garbage outfit this year too. But one of McKenney's strengths, I think was, uh, releasing balls under like a lot of duress in sort of like what looked like lost cause situations, um, releasing balls, even like long, he could, he, he'll find like a long ball forward mm-hmm. into a guy who actually has space to attack in. Uh, so he he can actually take, a uh, what looks like a hopeless situation and create something out of it where suddenly a guy's attacking down the channel in space. Um, not free to goal, but you know what I mean? Just puts him into an area where s- suddenly the, we're, we're into attack, not just like relieving pressure. Uh, and we saw nothing even resembling that in my mind. Uh, in that 90 minutes. So, so that's sort of my response is you can say Jonathan Dos Santos would have been able to do it, but in my mind, Weston McKinney is a player who's good enough to do it. And I just don't think he was ever, I feel like he wasn't given the freedom to do that. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. 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 I'm I'm not going to, I'm not saying that better players wouldn't have helped. (laughs) Right. I think, I think, I mean, McKinney had such a bad game and you know, I'm like, I'm a huge Weston McKinney fan. I want to, I want like everything for him to, to be the central midfielder we need. But I think even, you know, even when he did get on the ball outside of a couple of nice moments, 
and even when he did get into space, it was uh, just a lot of bad stuff, a lot of bad stuff happening. But we don't have to. I, 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 I do want to kind of take your your position of like putting it on Berhalter more than on the players, and I don't want to like rip on every everybody. Because <laughs> that's what you'd have to do in this game, right? You, like everybody would get ripped on. Zardes would actually come out the cleanest just because he never touched the ball. Yeah. I mean, uh, if we're looking for other little silver linings, I thought, particularly in the first half, not as much in the second half, but in the first half, Morales was a was a good a good addition as a sort of midfield enforcer. He did get skinned by Lozano on that third goal. So that are we? Should we just go over the third goal now? We're doing these completely out of order, but should we talk about? Let's <laughs> just jump around. Yeah. The third goal was uh, we didn't have to do with playing out of the back. Interestingly, we were we were in the attack, uh, had I think like eight guys up in the box, something like that, maybe seven. Yeah, we'd we'd found Jordan Morris out on the wing. I'm gonna I'm gonna do a little bit of goal description bells. Please you know, do you it. don't always get to describe the goals. Uh, we'd found Jordan Morris on the wing, uh, and something that I picked up on right away was that Jordan Morris somehow for some reason wasn't able to find Christian Pulisic at the top of the box with just like a simple pass. Uh, I don't know if you picked that out, but... I didn't notice that. It was on. Like the ball went into Morris's feet and Pulisic was just sort of standing there doing his Pulisic thing where he points down to his feet. And we could have gotten the ball to his feet, which would have then required Pulisic. It's not like he would had a, a clear path to goal. Uh, don't, but, get you know, me, that's... don't get me started at Pulisic pointing <laughs> at his feet. But as as the national team, as the U.S. national team at the current moment goes getting the ball to Christian Pulisic at the top of the box with a little bit of space is about as good as you can hope for. Um, and that was there. And and Morris either didn't see it or didn't think he could pull, hit the pass or uh, just chose not to, whatever whatever the reason. And he sort of dr- dribbled around in a in a nice circle for seven or eight touches. Um, yeah. Which, again, nothing, nothing horrible. But he finally moved it back to, was it Long or Zimmerman? Um. Are you talking about the third goal? Yeah, I'm talking about the third okay, goal. Okay, you're gonna I, you're I gonna rewatch it. You're gonna have to tell me. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, he he dropped. I, I think it was Aaron Long, and Aaron Long sort of tried to hit an off balance. He was off balance. He tried to hit a pass into West McKinney. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was McKinney, who was also completely alone, uh, and and there was room to hit him. But the pass was a little bit behind McKinney, and Mexico sort of swooped in and took it. Big touch forward at us on the counter, and at at Alfredo Morales, who was there to break it up. Uh, and now I'll let you go. Well, I thought, so So I, this is going to be horrible radio, but I thought that uh, what happened was Sargent's coming down, coming down the channel and he plays cannon to the wing. Yes. Yes, he did. And, and you're, then, you're correct. Okay. And then, and then cannon, yeah, cannons passes. Cannon cut it back. And so am I, am I off here? No, yeah, Cannon cut it back. It just it just didn't find anybody. It like got it got cut out by somebody. And yeah, you're right. I think I'm think I think my Jordan Morris missing Pulisic bit is a completely different sequence now. Okay, I mean what? I mean Jordan Morris missing Pulisic is something worth noting. <laughs> I think so. Let's just leave it. Let's leave it there. But that. But then it's just like a it's a cleared a cleared cross. I, I can't, and then somebody just finds Lozano's feet in you know seventy miles of space, and he's and he's running at uh, Morales, and he does him. He does him like I one of our somebody we know reminded 
it reminded him of Landon Donovan, the way Lozano plays. Uh, just kind of just kind of effortlessly glides by. Morales leaves him in the dust, cuts in, and plays plays the ball to Uriel Antuna, the twelfth best player for the Los Angeles Galaxy. And <laughs> um, Antuna Antuna is just in a shooting drill out there, like a like a JV high school soccer shooting drill, and he slots it past Stefan easily. Three zero. Three zero. And and the the big takeaway on it, right, was that uh Morales totally should have fouled the guy, right? Isn't that the giant takeaway? I guess. At that point it didn't really matter because the whole thing seemed so hopeless. Eighty second no. minute. No, you you're playing Mexico, you don't allow him to score a goal. Okay, so I've pulled the goal up and I was completely off. I was I had a, a different uh, uh, transition moment on the Jordan Morris bit. It was Cannon's cutback after Sergeant Fed uh, Cannon in wide. Cannon cut it back, and it doesn't find an American player, which is fine. That happens. And, yeah, then Mexico cleared out wide. Morales is there to stop him and gets completely skinned and has the chance to just grab the guy and pull him down and take his yellow card. Uh, doesn't, and that's how that's how it started. You were correct. I'm going to have to pull so, up the Morris bit from, from another time. Okay, okay. Well, so so just it's too bad that the night ended that way for Morales uh, because I thought he, he, he demonstrated that he is a useful player for the national team. Do you agree with that? At least as yes. a rotational guy? Yes, but uh, – and I just checked. Morales was on a yellow card already, so that could easily be why he chose not to. Yeah. He's, he's 70 yards away from goal. He could just decide that it's not – so the goal scoring opportunity isn't so eminent that it's worth the the getting sent off. Uh, let me let me push you on Morales. Is is he is he a better uh, Michael Bradley? Are they even in competition? Hmm. I don't know. I mean, he's a better defender than Bradley. I mean, that's that's the thing that stuck out to me is he he. It was harder for Mexico to just play right through the middle of us than it was. I I felt like back in the Gold Cup final. It it didn't it feel like in the Gold Cup final they were just they were just shoving it down our throat, uh, and in this game they were, you know, they were pressing us and we were giving the ball away a lot. But I don't I don't remember just a ton of like people dribbling straight through the middle for for a while or quick combinations through the middle. It seemed like Mor- Morales was offered more resistance in that part of the pitch. I think that I think that would bear out from even a shot chart. I don't think Mexico one even took that many shots in this game, uh, whereas in the Gold Cup final they took a ton of shots, a lot of them from right at the top of the box, which is where you'd want or where you, where you'd think maybe uh, Bradley would have helped pre- prevent those. Yeah. Uh, so you could say maybe Morales was helping to prevent those kinds of shots. Uh, so I think I think that would stand up, Bells. Okay. Yeah. That's what I that's what I liked about him. I mean, I he's not a world beater on the ball. That's for sure. I mean, he's 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 fine, but I I don't think anybody who watched that game was like, you know, Morales is going to be the guy who who runs this runs this offense for us. So I guess I'm going to punt on the question. I can't believe the one time I try to step in and describe a goal, I just describe a completely (laughs) other (laughs) separate sequence. I was so excited, Bells. You're forgiven. You're forgiven completely. We need to know our roles. I got to stay in my lane. I was I was a little confused at first. I was like, wait a second. I don't remember Aaron Long being involved in that at all. But then I thought maybe you were going like twenty passes back in the 
was like, I was, Greg, I was do we really getting, need to go 20, still, 20 passes I was still back? Getting and... to the, I was still getting to the Reggie Cannon cutback. You just cut me off. <laughs> um, okay, let's do the first goal because uh, that's also kind of sad. I thought I thought Serginio Dest had a nice a nice debut for the first 20 minutes. And um, and then Mexico scored. It was a long and gorgeous passing sequence. I think many, many, many passes, more than twenty from Mexico. Just, just demonstrating the sort of class and first touch and movement and quick thinking that I wish we had more of. And um, it ends up with Tecatito and Sanchez on the right wing, facing Pulisic and Dest respectively, and. Um, so it's not like a, a super dangerous situation. Uh, Tecatito glides past Pulisic, who was, I would say, less than committed on that play to playing defense, <laughs> and and um, and then he does dest up with a with a nutmeg, which brought you know brought the house down at the Meadowlands and floated across into the middle for Chicharito, Javier Hernandez, who was completely unmarked in the middle of the box and he headed it home very nicely in my opinion one zero and that was okay. i think that you know that that kind of that kind of took the wind out of our sails whatever wind we had was out of our sails at that point after the 27 pass sequence that ends with an unmarked chicharito yes that will do it uh and and your new golden boy getting absolutely fleeced yeah can, can I just can I just start with the twenty seven pass sequence though? Sure, please. Can I try? Can I try to like take a little bit of uh, the shine off that? Our our defense continues to be uh, a really passive defense. That this is this is where my again for all you college football fans out there, this is where my Kirk Ferentz analogy kicks in. It's an absolutely like bend but don't don't break defensive scheme. We are not trying to like set up traps. Uh, or that we don't have pressing triggers where we're going to go try to steal the ball from you literally anywhere on the field. Like the defense is just to keep your shape, keep them on the outside of you, bend, 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 don't break. Eventually they'll attempt a shot from distance or they'll get impatient and they'll give you the ball. We, I don't think we have anything designed to actually create like turnovers. It's just wait until they turn it over. So the 27 pass sequence is sort of just a natural extension of that. They aren't like, that I, it feels like we're ne- we were never beat until suddenly we were very beat because we stopped being getting we stopped bending and Serginio Dest broke horribly. Yeah, is that is that does that kind of jibe with with uh, yeah with it, the, it, the way those games go? It jibes. It jibes. Except that you know there were there were several moments throughout that sequence where someone had to receive the ball under under pressure, and it's not like it's not like the U.S. wasn't trying to play defense. I mean, I get what you're saying about there weren't. Tra- traps to like like trigger the press and stuff like that. I get that, but there was a there were just a lot of Mexican players receiving the ball under pressure and making a quick uh, and elegant decision. Sure, over that's, and over and over again. Yeah, yeah, that's that that's true, and that that was borne out in the Gold Cup final too. They they just look so untroubled, don't they? Yeah. Like we could we could put a guy right on their back, leaning on him, hitting him as they receive the ball, whatever, and they just never look like they're actually going to touch that ball to a spot where you can see it. Like they're always going to hide it from you and get it to the next guy. Yeah, Hector Herrera is like sort of the sort of the like classic example of that in this game. That guy didn't he didn't look worried the whole game. He had no worries on his face. All right, should we should we talk about Dest? 
Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, he got he got done dirty, and um, I don't know. You want to talk about like his national team future? I, I'm taking my little uh, internal soccer discussion victory lap here, Bells, because who did I, who did I say that I was expecting Des to, to resemble in this in his first game out? Oh yeah, Anthony Robinson. All right, take your victory lap. <laughs> I completely was like, I think we're going to see a very Anthony Robinson 2018 performance, which in my mind is actually a, not a negative thing at all. I thought Anthony Robinson gave us a lot of positive attacking uh, uh, attributes in 2018, and he also had a lot of sort of defensive liabilities. Um, Dest, this this was kind of just one defensive liability. I don't think Dest was sort of uh, abused the way Robinson was against, say, Colombia or Brazil. Uh, but again, a very, a, a very visible, a high, high visibility error, uh, that, that was, that Mexico capitalized on means that he's probably going to, uh, not live this one down for a while. Yeah. I mean, I know that in the, in the fans imagination, he may not live it down, but, uh, he wasn't, it, it's, I think it was categorically different than, than what Robinson underwent in that brazil friendly and and some of his other performances because he because he 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 was up to the challenge defensively for the most part um i mean really with the exception of that one play and i know is there like a special do you get a special dispensation for getting magged (laughs) it no i mean yet like it it hits you harder right (laughs) didn't we I mean, we we were going nuts about his about his the, the his highlight in the U twenty Concacafs because he did Diego Linez with like a spin move. Uh, yeah. This takes that up several levels. So, yeah. so if if we're if we're gonna make that a, a like a meme, like then then yeah, this is gonna this is gonna be a meme that's gonna live for a while. Something tells me that for the like for the average Mexican national team fan, it's not even meme worthy. You know, <laughs> dude, it is. It's it's. Like right up there with Linez doing trap the way he did trap in the friendly I'm way saying, back when. Do they care about Dest as much as we care about Linez? They don't care about Dest, but yeah. they they absolutely just care about doing a U.S. player that dirty and it leading to a goal, a very nice goal at that. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. I mean, there's no there's no, there's no sugarcoating that moment. It was, uh, and it was it was just, it was the decisive goal as it turns out. So. Um, but but just like just like I did in 2018, I, I very much came to Anthony Robinson's defense. Uh, you're going to get skinned against Brazil. You're going to get skinned against Colombia. Dest got got done by Tecatito. Tecatito does people like this. This isn't the end of the world. Uh, Tim Ream got done by a dude from Guyana in the box just as bad. Guyana just wasn't good enough to score on it, so we all forget it. Uh, this isn't this isn't like a, a disqualifier for Sergino Dest. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, tell me what you think. Well, should we talk about his national team future? Does is this more does make does this make him more likely to play for the Netherlands? Coming in here, <laughs> getting nutmegged, losing three zero <laughs> under like basically a kamikaze uh, tactical plan. Do your guess is as good as mine, Bells. I, I I'm not even going to try to speculate on on what Dest's uh, what what's going through Sergino Dest's mind right now. Good, good friend of the pod, Matt Hartman is. Uh, he's he's all but given up hope <laughs> as of tonight. I, I think he'd given up hope like the moment Dest was announced in a starting lineup for Ajax. He was like, "All right, well, it was a good run. Yeah, we'll always have that U twenty that U twenty highlight." He, he sets he 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 prepares himself not to be disappointed. <laughs> I think. 
what what did you like about Legette? Do you want to kind of end on that high note? <laughs> uh, the same thing. The same thing I liked about him uh, when he came off the bench in January. The same thing I liked about Dwayne Holmes when he came off the bench against Jamaica. Uh, he he was an instant and obvious upgrade as far as being able to push the game forward. Uh, he could receive it without uh, clear options. He wouldn't necessarily make the obvious pass. Uh, I actually. Uh, well, I mean, I mean, the pass that he hit into Morris for the penalty. Like that's not a that's not an obvious pass to make. So uh, perfectly weighted as well. Yeah, yeah. We we so yeah the technical execution and the and the vision. So in his limited sample size, Sebastian Legette has been very good for the United States, and uh, it seems like I don't know if if there's any load management going on for him or if Berhalter just trusts other people more. Uh, But if if past U.S. performance means anything, Sebastian Legette should be in the next starting lineup. Yeah. yeah. And should, frankly, should have been in this starting lineup. Or You, or you he, mean Sebastian Legette, right? Yes, what did I say? I think I think you said Serginio Dest. But, well, Sebastian Legette. But I think we I should want, both be in the starting lineup. I would, I would definitely agree. I want that as well. Yeah. It'd be nice to see Pomacall, too. Um, but maybe, you know, maybe in, in practice, he's just nowhere near the level. Maybe. Are you buying that though? No, I was being a little sarcastic. <laughs> um, I mean, again, Will Trap doesn't. What 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 purpose did Will Trap serve in this game, Bells? Mm. Since we're talking about the midfielders and Pomacall and Legit, like I'm saying, Legit should maybe start. And there are only so many midfield spots to go around, and we also love Paxton Pomacall. Uh, where does Will Trap fall in this after this game? I don't know, man. I don't know what he. I don't know what purpose he serves. I don't know what purpose Daniel Lovett served coming in off the bench for Serginio Dest. I mean, maybe the purpose was to give Dest more, you know, a little bit of a rest so he'd be ready for Uruguay. That's that's what I had to assume. God, that has to be the case, right? And and Lovett's is more of a kind with Dest than Tim Ream is. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I don't. No, I, 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 tra- I don't. I, I can't answer the trap question. I don't. I don't know what he. I don't know what he does. I mean, he's he's reasonably comfortable on the ball, and that's about it, right? Yeah, he he actually had one uh, really nice play in I think in the second half where uh, he received it not necessarily in a ton of in like a really tight space, but with enough pressure that he had shifted around a little bit. Uh, got it to his nice right foot and like curled the ball into the path of Reggie Cannon uh, out in sort of the right half space. Hmm. Um, and that actually keyed a another one of our like 90 second to two minute uh, possessions that had that included some danger. So I'll, I'll cut that out and make sure that Will Trap gets his due. Uh, but, you know, for the talk of needing a guy who can ping those long diagonals, I don't know that Trap really hit any long diagonals over 90 minutes. Yeah, no. I mean, we weren't allowed to hit long diagonals. Right? No, that's that's right. <laughs> Soccer in, in, is an interesting sport in that, like, uh, you know, if you if you going back to college football, if you if you if you face a team that blitzes all the time, and you throw a screen pass every time, nobody thinks you're, um, you know, nobody thinks you're abandoning your principles. Everybody's like, yeah, that's the right thing to do, you know. Right, uh, right. I was, I was gonna like go all the way to the extreme, and be like, let's, let's suppose Mexico were pressing with eight or nine people and just left one guy back. 
well, you should obviously just hit a blind ball up and let your let your three guys run. And then it's like, okay, well, what's the break even point for that? Like if they leave two, if they leave three, if they leave three and a half or four, like when do you say, all right, we will, we've got to just take the space they're giving us. Yeah. Well, the thing is though, in soccer, people will say if, when we say, Hey, we should be hitting it long to Jazzy's artist's head. People will say, well, that's just, you know, that's just American soccer. And like, that's, that's crap. We shouldn't do that. We should stick to our principles. 2009, 2009 Barcelona would have passed through that Mexico pressure. I don't know that many other teams are going to pass through it. All right. Well, my Uruguay, broken. Uruguay coming up. We're going to send five of our top players home and then we're going to play Uruguay. Yeah. Pulisic's going home. So is Brooks. Uh, Morales was going home already and then he got hurt, went off on a stretcher. I hope it's not too serious. I haven't seen anything about it. Um, Stefan headed home and I think Sean Johnson is done. Hopefully it's been a fruitful time for Sean. And then I I thought I heard on the broadcast that McKenney is returning. Oh, is that right? That's what I thought because I think Holden said six guys are going back, oh. and I think McKenney was the six. We'd already known about five. Okay, so McKenney's going back too. Which which that should mean? Come on, surely that means Paxton Pomacall is starting against Uruguay. Surely. I, I hope so. I hope so. J- Jackson Ewell, Paxton Pomacall, and Sebastian Legette. I would take that midfield three. Would you t- Would you take that Bells? I would. Yeah, I'd be interested in that. Uh, I'm not. I'm. I'm not gonna pretend that I'm like super, super optimistic about it. But I want to see it. I. I feel like Jackson Ewell couldn't be handcuffed. If you put Jackson Ewell on the field and he sees a sixty-yard ball, like he's hitting that ball. Oh, you love Jackson Ewell now, don't you? I love. I love that he will spray a sixty-yard ball like with no. I don't know. He's the guy who like gets the ball on a half volley. He's like, oh, I can for sure yeah. like lace this, lace this sixty yards on a on a rope. No doubt. No doubt. So we're not gonna we're not gonna preview the the Uruguay game, but that's our preview right there. There you go. Anything everyone, else? Everyone, everyone, hold hold your breath for that midfield lineup. Yeah, and it, and you you gotta imagine Sargent's gonna start for sentimental reasons in his hometown of St. Louis, um, and then I guess Morris and who would be the other winger? Who? Corey Baird. Yeah. No, it's Serginio Dest. You you adjust the system and throw Dest out wide. Oh yeah. Ream attacking, attacking fullback. Ream at left wing. Oh, and then we should also mention the missed penalty too. Um, oh, sure. I don't care about them. Yeah. <laughs> I, Sergeant like, did miss a penalty. He did. I, I yeah, like missed penalties, made penalties. None, none of that. I don't. I'm not bothered by any of either of those. Okay. Are you? Are you like this? Says something about Sergeant's mental, men, like his mental status. Mm, I mean. I would feel more confident about him if he made it, but he didn't. It's not like he hit a terrible penalty. It was a pretty good. He hit it pretty well. Just um, the goalkeeper guessed right. Yeah. Yep. I. Yeah. If the goalkeeper like chooses to go left, then suddenly it's Sergeant is showing his mental toughness to step up and take that penalty after his after all the adversity of the Gold Cup snub. Like that's that's how that's how penalties sway narratives. And I just like yeah, I just can't dissect somebody's penalty kick. There would have been at least four, three, four hundred word news articles about it. <laughs> there would have been if that had tied the game one one. But for a consolation penalty, bells you're getting you're getting a hundred words max. Yeah. All right. I can't even think straight anymore. Um, Thanks, Greg. Thanks, everybody, for listening.
We'll see ya.